You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, this has nothing to do with the show, but I was watching SportsCenter with the Danettes, and uh, the anchor was interviewing Paige from WWE and talking about the rivalry with, I think, Becky Lynch, but asking a question as if you were talking to Patrick Mahomes about this game against the Cowboys this weekend. Paige, how would you sum up your rivalry (laughs) with Becky Lynch? And then she gave great pause, like, oh, my God. Like, this is a serious question. And I went, oh, my God. What do you see happening this weekend? Um, well, it's in the script. I know what's going to happen. That's what I, <laughs> she holds it up. Yeah, yeah. It says right here, I win, and then she'll win the rematch, and then I win. Oh, welcome to the program. Already in progress, as you can tell. I remember when the wrestlers came to Sports Center and we did commercials and The Undertaker. Um, and, and look, they were great. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, great commercial that I got to do with him. Great people. But it's difficult for me to watch Sports Center as you're going to cover WWE as if it was the NFL. So, Paige, where do you think you could take advantage of Becky Lynch in the, uh, in the ring? <sighs> Yeah, Paul. It's like covering Broadway. It's like covering a Broadway play. What do you think's going to happen here in the third yeah. set? It's like covering Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. So what do you think happens in the second act? Um, it's scripted. It's right here. I already know. I know it's athletic. I know it. I know they're, they're great athletes. They're uh, great actors as well. It was just, it was, it's a little jarring for me to watch SportsCenter spending 18 years there and, and look, they asked me to do a lot of different things. We put a game show. Remember that it was called, I think, Teammates? Do you remember that? Where we would interrupt SportsCenter to do a game show. Beg, borrow, and deal. Yes. Uh, Wasn't yes, that like hearsay or something like that? You had to like guess the yeah. word. I think that was another one. <laughs> variation of that. Oh, yes, Seton. You know what we get mostly from the uh, wrestling fans in mm. our audience mm. when these types of topics come up mm-hmm. is, oh, come on, not you guys too. <laughs> like everybody makes fun of us, but you guys don't make fun of us. You're not, come on, don't, please. But I'm not making fun <laughs> of wrestling. I'm making fun of covering wrestling. I understand. It's yes. just, it gets wrapped up in the, oh, come on, don't pick on us, please. No. Look, I love them. You know, I get emotional when I go to those uh, press conferences when they retire. Still real to you. That's why. They're still real to me. Just want to thank y'all. Do you have that, Seton? Can you find that clip? It's one of my favorites. And I don't know who the wrestler is, but the fact that the wrestler's saying, easy there. Terry Funk. Is that who it is? Mr. Funk. Oh. (laughs) See if you can find that. Take it easy, man. Take it easy, man. Yes, Paulie. I like wrestling. I grew up in wrestling. Rowdy Roddy Piper. I like the, it's an impressive show. There's a reason you can't bet on wrestling. You can't put 100 bucks on if Roman Reigns is going to win the Mm. Intercontinental title. You cannot bet on wrestling. Mm. Next question, Jeff. Where are you? Right there. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it! I mean... Thank you. Thank you, you, guys. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see another one of these. Hey, take it easy. Take it easy, man. Take it easy, man. 
Yes, that totally, that totally sounds like Chris Farley from the SNL skit. Yeah. How is that not Chris Farley saying? Oh, I know. I'm surprised that uh, they they didn't uh, spoof that. Yeah, Paulie. Don't sleep on the uh, proper respect given for Mr. Terry Funk. Oh, I know. I, I respect that. Yeah. It's still Funk. real to me. I just want to thank you for saying what needed to be saying. It's <laughs> uh, a little squished up face. Yeah. <laughs> and once again... It's we're not making fun of wrestling. <laughs> we're making fun of the coverage of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Big thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll let Seaton answer that one. <laughs> Go get him, Seaton. <laughs> answer all of our Twitter followers. Oh, come on. Oh, not you guys. Man. Too. Really? By the way, in commemoration of the 35th anniversary of Hoosiers, today's newsletter will include an interview I did with uh, Maris Valenis, better known as Jimmy Chitwood. He shares how he got hired for the role, as well as some great stories working with Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper. That's on uh, the newsletter that comes out later on today. All righty. Welcome to the program. As you can tell, already in progress. Thursday night football. Mac Jones week, unofficially. What if the Patriots lose this game? Because here's the scenario. Patriots, they play well. Mac Jones plays well. And then that continues the narrative. Mac Jones Best quarterback in the draft. The Patriots, they're going to be a playoff team. Are they a Super Bowl contender? What if the Falcons win? Then what happens? Patriots are big favorites. Six and a half point favorites against Atlanta. In Atlanta. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. Download that app. Watch for free all three hours, and our radio affiliates around the country. Go to uh, danpatrick.com, all the merch you need for holiday shopping. You can go there and get the calendar, T-shirts, hoodies, official DP show uh, puzzle, Penny's Bang Biscuits. Todd has limerick greeting cards and a whole lot more. Really proud of all the things that we've done there on the website. Go to danpatrick.com. McLovin, do we have a poll question today? Yeah, we have a few topics here. Uh, Start with Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones more the guy or the right place at the right time? I think he's both. I think it's really essential where you go. Who's your coach? Who's your offensive coordinator? What weapons do you have? How good is your offensive line? It's if Trevor Lawrence was with New England, then we would probably be throwing verbal bouquets at Trevor Lawrence. But he plays in Jacksonville. If Zach Wilson was there, maybe we're saying the same thing. If Justin Fields is there, if Trey Lance is there, right place, right time, right coach, right system. A lot of times you'll see these uh, quarterbacks who go into a system and then the offensive coordinator gets fired because the coach gets fired. Then you bring another coach and then another offensive coordinator, another system. And that's where you see quarterbacks really struggle. You know, Justin Fields going to Chicago I think people thought for some reason he has a better chance of succeeding because Chicago is better than Jacksonville and the Jets, and they're not. But I think that he has a lot of talent. You know, Tom Brady famously told me if he went in the first round, he probably wouldn't have lasted in the NFL. He went to the right place at the right time, got his chance. By the way, Drew Bledsoe, the former NFL quarterback who got hurt in that game against the Jets with the hit by Mo Lewis, uh, he's talked about this, but Drew is kind enough to join us a little bit later on. You know, he, he helped Brady become Brady. 
that Drew was a great team player, and Brady has talked about this. The Drew Bledsoe, you're the future of the Patriots. He gets hurt. This unknown comes in, wins the Super Bowl, and then Drew ends up in Buffalo. But uh, Drew will join us a little bit later on. The Saints head coach, Sean Payton, a little bit later on. Mike Florio is going to join us in 10 minutes. And he's talking about the NFL expanding. You know, what's happening with the former, the artist formerly known as the St. Louis Rams? Well, the city is suing the NFL and Stan Kroenke for violating their lease uh, agreement. And this might turn out this part of the settlement is St. Louis gets a franchise. Well, then you have an odd number and then you have to add another franchise. And there's talk that the NFL could expand to 40 teams. So we'll talk to Florio about that coming up here in 20 minutes. Giannis dropped 47 as the uh, Lakers beat the LeBronless Lakers last night. And, uh, you know, he caused a stir in Milwaukee the other day. He did an interview with GQ. He was their athlete of the year. And he started talking about or hinting that he might leave to find his next challenge. And, of course, the first team that's always brought up is, oh, he'll end up with the Lakers. Well, Giannis put on a show last night in front of the Lakers, hit his free throws, three of four from three-point range. And if you're a Milwaukee fan old enough to remember, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar left in 1975, went to the Lakers. Bucks didn't win another title until the Greek freak last season. The reality is Los Angeles draws the stars. Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, Giannis, he's that kind of player. And do I love to see a player stay in you know his whole career in one city? Yeah, but those days are long gone. And just because it happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, doesn't mean it should happen. You know, your lifestyle, where do you want to live? Um, and, and you see these athletes not as beholden to a city, and even teams are not as beholden to these athletes. So whether it's in Milwaukee, L.A., or elsewhere, Giannis has several more impactful chapters left in his storybook career. It was fun to watch him last night. And I know I like to compare Anthony Davis with Giannis, and I think Giannis is on a different level than Anthony Davis. It doesn't mean – I thought Anthony Davis was the Greek freak before him as far as his style, his ability – you know, and, and he's a notch below the Greek freak. But if if he could somehow absorb whatever that is that Giannis has of I want to be great every single night and get better. And and you can see that with him. Like he truly wants to get better each game, each moment. And and he's not afraid of a big moment. And I would love to see A D and I don't know if LeBron lets him take the team. If LeBron's smart, which he is, then he would want AD to take over, be dominant. Because if he is, there's there are not many players in the NBA who can play like that. You know, he, he's got a great handle. He can shoot. He's a better shooter than Giannis. He's only a year and a half older, but it feels like he's been around and we've seen his best. I don't know if we've seen Giannis's best because when I watched him last year in the finals, I thought if he ever gets that respectable jumper, then it's all over because you let him take that shot. If he starts to hit that and he only needs two or three dribbles, one or two dribbles to get to the hoop. I mean, that's what's scary about him, but he wants to be great. And maybe this comes down to personality. I'm not fair to Anthony Davis because my expectation level is high. 
I've seen him be great, but I want him to take over that team. And I think he's going to have to this season. Because LeBron may have one more year left where it's, I'm LeBron, look out. And then after that, then I think you have to kind of reassess. The Lakers do, LeBron's going to, and make sure that you almost empower Anthony Davis. Be great every single night. And that's the difference with superstars. That guy who every single night had to be great. I always go back to Allen Iverson. I never got cheated with Allen Iverson. It was every night he wanted it. He took it to you. Kobe took it to you every single night. I mean, that's greatness. That's what you want, that competitor every single night. And maybe Anthony Davis can't do that. But I still hold out hope for that because he has wonderful skills. Yeah, McLevin. I think you could argue Anthony Davis's skill set's better equipped for the playoffs. Until last year, Giannis was a playoff detriment. Yeah. I mean, the narrative changed. Like, because he's an outside shooter. Anthony Davis, you can always get that in the playoffs, but you can build a wall. Remember, you used to be able to build a wall against Giannis in the playoffs. Yeah, but, you know, I, I still look at Anthony Davis and say, stop taking jumpers. You know, the Lakers are complaining to the league saying, hey, he's not getting to the line. Okay. You know what happens? Take it to the hoop. You'll get to the line. Shooting jumpers, not going to happen. Yeah, McLevin. If, you know, you you were way early on Anthony Davis. I remember that. You're like, oh, this is the 1A, 1BC. Has he been a bit of a disappointment to you from where he started in New Orleans? Well, you could see what was happening, but you weren't watching those games. You know, a lot of times we'll just see a highlight. If you watch the game, then you see a player and you're going, oh, wow, okay, this is different. Or he's added something. And I just remember coming in one day, and it was early in the season, maybe his second year in the NBA, and I said, Anthony Davis going to be the next star. But nobody's watching the games. But if you see what his skill set is, got a great touch, uh, handle, because, you know, he had this growth spurt when he was in high school, when he got to Kentucky, he was a point guard. And he's got, a, you know, the handle, the touch. He's got everything that you would want. He's got size, length, but... It's that, do I want to be great? One of the all-time great. And it's every single night. You can't just coast. You know, Durant every single night. Dame Lillard every single night. It's a toll. But that's what happens when you're the star of a, a team. What's the poll question we're going to go with? Okay, I think we'll start NFL. Uh, but we are working on this super NBA tier one, tier two poll. That It's just a oh, can no. of worms. Oh, boy. It is a... This side of the glass has been debating which player is good <laughs> enough to lead their team single-handedly to a title. Okay. And the names are, we need we need your input okay. at some point. All right. Okay. I'll start with Mac Jones, though. Is Mac Jones really the best rookie quarterback, or is he just in the best situation? Because statistically, he's far and away the best so far. Yeah. If Mac Jones was in Jacksonville, would we be talking about him? If he was in New York with the Jets, would he? Is he going to be the best quarterback out of this draft? Seven to ten years, do we look back and go, man. You know, the Patriots weren't interested in any other quarterback. They were taking Mac Jones. That was it. I don't know what they would have done if San Francisco took him. Because I don't think they would have taken a quarterback. Yeah, McLovin. People are trying not to, but I see Tom Brady comparisons for Mac Jones. But you can make the comparison of when Tom first got there. I think that's fair. I think you can do that. It's dangerous to go, hey, Dan Patrick compares Mac Jones to Tom Brady. 
in their rookie year or their second year. I mean, we're going to, I think, be able to do a fair comparison between those two because they play for the same coach, offensive coordinator, uh, system, and you know, I think you'll be able to do that. By the way, the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, all-time greats, only one place to collect them all. It's the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini trading cards. Instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Take a break. Mike Florio on the NFL expansion. That's next here on the Dan Patrick Show. I was uh, going through the list. Uh, there's there's about a hundred classes with MasterClass, and they teach you a variety of things. You now Gordon Ramsay is going to teach you cooking. Mariah Carey is going to give you insights in how to sing. Yes, Eaton. My son watched the one with Penn and Teller, and he's been obsessed with learning card tricks. Now, <laughs> he the, the kid looks like a blackjack dealer or something. Like he could shuffle cards like you wouldn't believe, all from the Penn and Teller one. Oh. Well, who knows what he's going to do with the rest of his life with well, that skill. He did ask for poker chips, and uh, <laughs> Texas Hold'em has been mentioned in the house. Masterclass <laughs> offers exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. And you explore at your own pace. Usually there's 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson, and you can learn on your smartphone, tablet, computer, your phone. It's wonderful. Step-by-step, downloadable materials. This holiday, you give one annual membership, you'll get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today. That's masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Play of the day, stat of the day. We'll settle on a poll question, all of that forthcoming. Boys on the other side of the glass got something cooked up here. Is it football-related or basketball-related, McLovin? Uh, We are debating basketball-related. And then we have a side football thing, too. Okay. A side football thing. Yes. The side football thing, if you're Mel Tucker, would you take a huge deal in Michigan State? Well, they're offering him a 10-year deal. (laughs) Okay. But do any of these contracts really mean what they (laughs) their uh, broadcast advertised to be? Like, it's a 10-year deal. Do you think somebody is going to stay 10 years at Michigan State? But it sounds splashy. Ten years, $90 million. Stay here because of the LSU rumors. This is what happens with these coaches. Have a little bit of success. And it, it'd be nice to agree to this contract before you play Ohio State. Because, you know, if it goes bad against Ohio State, then you might get the James Franklin treatment. It's like, uh, eh, maybe we're not as interested as we thought we were. Yes, Paulie. And with a guy like Mel Tucker, you look at that contract, it's all about the buyout. In five years, yeah. if they have to move on, it, how the, the buyout is everything on these contracts. Yeah. What they got to pay them if they fire them. Mike Florio, popular co-host of Pro Football Talk Live, profootballtalk.com. Must read every single day. Keeps you up on all the things. Rumors, innuendo, and, of course, real news. Mike joins us now. Mike, I want to start with uh, a couple of topics that you have uh, written about. One is expansion. That What's going on in St. Louis with this lawsuit, with the city against Stan Kroenke taking the Rams to Los Angeles, and that it could lead to expansion? Explain to me, time frame, the probability that uh, that could happen. 
Well, and here's what we have to keep in mind. First of all, the lawsuit filed by various entities in St. Louis against the NFL isn't going well for the NFL. And Stan Kroenke, who agreed, in theory, to be responsible for all of the costs and expenses and potential settlement or judgment, he's found some language that would maybe allow him to back away from that full responsibility so the league could be on the hook for it. So if those planets line up in a way that results in number one, a huge verdict against the league, number two, Stan Kroenke's not individually responsible for it, that's when this idea of maybe dangling an expansion team to settle the case comes into play. And this is something that was raised with me, I wasn't even looking for anything about it. I wasn't asking about it. It was just kind of mentioned as a possibility. This is a way that Roger Goodell could solve the problem of St. Louis by offering an expansion team. Now it would have to be negotiated. Who would be the owner? What would be the expansion fee? Where would they play? But Dan, this all comes down to legalized gambling. The NFL is going to crave more inventory, more things on which people can bet, especially once the technology is in place to remove any and all lag from what's happening at the game site to what's happening on this. So you can make a bet in the 40 seconds between the end of one play and the end of the next with nobody being behind what's actually happening at the game. The money will explode and they can only get to 18 games if they can even get to 18 games. After that, the only way you increase inventory is to increase teams. So I think it's coming. And the quarterback play has improved to the point where you could justify more than 32 teams. So it would be St. Louis and somebody else. And they bumped to 34. And is it crazy to think it would happen within 10 years? I don't think it's crazy to think it could happen within 10 years. Okay, St. Louis obviously would be in play. Give me the other city. Well, if the NFL keeps going, you've got two teams that would be potentially in London, whether it's the Jaguars and an expansion team. Sorry, Jacksonville, but your owner has eyes on London. And if they're going to put two teams there, he's probably going to want to be one of them. Chicago, they get that new stadium that they're talking about at Arlington Heights, bells and whistles, third largest market in the league. And, you know, if you're going to build one of these stadiums, the more games you play in it, the more quickly you make your money back. So I, I've been talking for a long time about the possibility of a second team in Chicago. The other dynamic too, Dan, because I think 40 is where they're going to end up at some point, not anytime soon, but eventually they're going to get to 40. There's talk at the highest levels of the league about the wisdom of building smaller stadiums because for that upper deck general admission, they don't make a whole lot of money off of that. And sometimes it's more trouble than it's worth. Smaller stadium means you can put teams in markets that we otherwise aren't thinking about because it doesn't matter where the games are played. What matters is the games are being played and anywhere you're sitting on a couch or in a bar or wherever you can bet on what's happening in those games. It doesn't matter what city it is. We wouldn't have thought of Jacksonville as an NFL city, frankly, and I'm sorry to pile on Jacksonville, but it's like the number 44 TV market and it's got a team. So it, it would not be hard, especially if they buy into this idea of building smaller, cheaper stadiums just so they have places where they can headquarter a team. But are we talking San Antonio? Are we talking Portland, well, Oklahoma City? I don't I, Oklahoma City, I think, would fit. I don't know about San Antonio because it's halfway between Houston and Dallas. And I think those two teams would say, hey, don't put another team in our backyard. We want to draw those fans to our gigantic stadiums. We don't want them following a team of their own. But I think Oklahoma City makes sense. San Diego could make sense if mm. you could find a way to pay for the stadium. Oakland would make sense. But again, in California, 
you got to be willing to pay for the stadium, but the smaller the stadium and, and the, it's just the, the money that is going to be at play as a result of gambling is staggering. I don't think we've fully gotten our arms around what it's going to mean to the NFL, but by the end of this decade, they're going to be making an extra billion a year from the early stage gambling relationships that they're able to conjure. It's only going to get bigger and bigger when the in-game betting is happening coast to coast or maybe even worldwide where people can lock in a buck here, a buck there in the 40 seconds between the end of one play and the start of the next one. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host with Chris Sims. That show uh, precedes ours. Uh, Mac Jones week. Uh, Not official, but it's been Mac Jones. Let's... uh, Slobber all over Mac Jones here, and now you go into Atlanta tonight. Um, I don't know if if he how great he is, good he is, but he is in the right system or situation of all of these rookie quarterbacks. Now I thought Trey Lance might be, but San Francisco is underachieved, and Trey Lance is not ready. But is Mac Jones good, or is he good for that system that he's in with that head coach and that offensive coordinator? I like what I've seen from Justin Fields the past couple of games more than anything I've seen from Mac Jones, but Mac Jones fits precisely with what the Patriots are trying to do. And Sims made this point earlier today, the idea that Bill Belichick is trying to recreate 2001 all over again with a young quarterback who operates within the confines of the offense, a defense that is big and strong and fast and versatile so that There's nothing you can do to them that they can't counter. You don't get them in a bad spot like the Rams the other night where, hey, we got all these pass rushers and we got a great cornerback, but you're going to run the ball down our throat. There's nothing we can do to stop you. Belichick can stop you. And also, he's got the three-headed attack at running back, and Mac Jones is doing just enough. And yeah, Mac Jones isn't a superstar, and he may never be, but... Would Tom Brady have been a superstar in any system but the one that he was in, at least early in his career? And so I look, I I know that there is a strong pro Mac Jones component out there and there's an equally strong anti Mac Jones component. The truth (laughs) is probably somewhere in the middle. But yeah, he he landed in the perfect spot for him. And he was the perfect guy for the Patriots to have on the board at 15. Okay, is he better than a a fellow Alabama quarterback, Jalen Hurts? Well, Jalen Hurts is really coming on. This Eagles team, you kind of write them off early and you think it's a mess and the Eagles are going to try to find somebody else. I mean, Hurts has a different skill set. And would Hurts be successful in New England? Probably not. Would Mac Jones be successful in Philadelphia? Probably not. But they're finding a way to get the most out of Hurts and they're focusing on the fact that they actually have running backs in Philadelphia. There was several weeks early in the season where I think they forgot that they actually employ running backs. But, you know, I I think Jones is going to have a lot more staying power because of where he is and you look at where that team is they're going for their fifth win in a row they've outscored their opponents 150 to 50 over the last four games and and no one's taking them seriously isn't that amazing this is the evil empire of the nfl and and they they can't stay hidden for much longer because they have the titans (laughs) next week and the bills monday night football the week after that so we're going to find out whether or not the patriots really are really are ready to compete with the best teams in the league well people don't want the patriots back that's why I think a lot of people, either consciously or subconsciously, you're like, oh, I don't know. Let me see. I think with that extra wild card, I mean, that's why I picked New England to be a playoff team. I, I, I thought that they would run the ball, play good defense, and then you just ask Mac Jones to kind of do what we tell you to do. And it feels like that's their blueprint and has been their blueprint. And all you got to do is get a ticket to the table and you've got Bill Belichick, who knows a thing or two about single elimination football. And also... 
I think this is one thing that hasn't sunk in for us yet collectively because we haven't seen it play out yet. With the extra game, the extra week, everything gets pushed back. Everything is a week deeper into wintertime. So outdoor games are going to be even more challenging in colder climates than they otherwise would have been. You got a greater chance of getting really bad weather. You got a team that can run the ball and play good defense you're going to be in a position to win those games if you have to go to Buffalo or if you can get home field advantage and they have to come to you. McLovin, what's the poll question? The NFL one for Florio. Uh, okay, we had a question. Is Mac Jones the best rookie quarterback or right place, right time is up on the site right now? Okay. I say right place, right time. I, I like Justin Fields, and I wish that they would have just made Justin Fields the guy from day one. Wait, I you like him more than Trevor Lawrence than any of these guys? I'm fascinated by the ceiling of Justin Fields. Okay. I really am. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. How about whose career would you want? Matt Ryan, Drew Bledsoe. Wow. Well, this, is a, this is a Pauly special. Paulie, yeah. do you want to uh, enhance the poll question? Drew here? Bledsoe has 250 career touchdowns, 45,000 yards. He does have a Super Bowl ring that Tom Brady won, but Drew Bledsoe got the team to that Super Bowl game. The rest of his career, you could say, didn't live up to things. Matt Ryan's probably going to the Hall of Fame, but he is going to be known for one of the biggest losses in sports history. I think it's fair to say. I was at that AFC championship game, too. I was stunned when they went back to Tom Brady. He suffered a knee injury. Bledsoe came in, got them to the Super Bowl. It was a one-week turnaround. I was surprised by that. Paulie, do you have the career earnings? Because I think that may be the difference. <laughs> I have a feeling Matt Ryan's kicking ass in that department. Uh, yeah, moving on from that one. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, can you think of a, another loss in NFL history that trumps 28-3? to 3? No, absolutely not, because it happened in the Super Bowl. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it as it was happening in the press box watching that game. As the Patriots kept scoring and scoring, it's like there's no way in hell. And, you know, when Julio Jones made that circus catch on the sidelines, that felt like the, okay, yep. it, it's, it's over now. The Falcons are going to win this game. They're going to get a field goal at least on this drive. And sanity has been restored to Houston and the rest of the world. And, and that was when, you know, it all fell apart from there and the Patriots tied up. And it was so stunning that the Patriots won that game that we, we didn't make a big deal about the fact that the overtime rules continue to be flawed, that the team that wins the coin toss and scores a first drive touchdown, the other team should have a chance to match it. That wasn't even a talking point. We were so blown away by what the Patriots had accomplished. I think if the Falcons had won the Super Bowl and the Patriots didn't get the opportunity with Tom Brady, then this might have been a bigger deal. But if I'm the NFL Network, prior to tonight's game, I take the condensed version. I take it's 28 to 3, and I pick up the condensed version from there and then analyze it. Just start at 28 to 3 and analyze it in real time. And I think that you could have a fascinating you know, kind of pregame going into that game tonight. And the thing that I keep going back to, the, the decision to call a pass in a spot where you're in super, uh, field goal range and you get sacked, and who do you really blame that on? Do you blame it on Kyle Shanahan for calling the play? Do you blame it on Dan Quinn for not saying, whoa, 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 we're in field goal range here? And do you put some blame on Matt Ryan for not doing what maybe a Peyton Manning would have done? and said, the hell with what they're telling me on the sideline. I got a Super Bowl on the line here. I'm not going to drop back 
and risk getting sacked here and get knocked out of field goal range. So there's one hell of a blame game to be played when you get it down to that final moment after the Julio Jones catch on the sidelines where it did feel like the Falcons were going to go up 11 and it was going to be over. All they had to do, they just take three knees. And we would have remembered Julio Jones's catch as one of the great catches in Super Bowl history. Instead, you know, it's an oh, by the way. But that catch was incredible. And it would have led to the field goal that would have put this away. I mean, you just, you're watching this in real time. And you're going, what are they doing? You know? and, There's and- too many geniuses in the NFL. That was the moment that Tom Brady, too, kind of crossed over into greatest of all time, where it became imperative to go see him play while you still could, that it was like Jordan. Like, you got to say that you saw this guy play. He, he became something more than just a great quarterback with a bunch of rings. And look, he's still going. I would have never dreamed after that game that four years later, we'd still be talking about this career that has no apparent end in sight. Man. Is there another Super Bowl that compares, another game in NFL history that compares to what happened to the Falcons? Well, I, I would say the Super Bowl 49, two years earlier, when we had that catch by uh, Jermaine Curse that was shades of the helmet catch yeah. by David Tyree that just created that sense the pendulum had shot in favor of the Seahawks and they were going to beat the Patriots. And then that lightning bolt interception by Malcolm Butler, different way that it all ended. But, but kind of that stunning, I can't believe what I just saw outcome. I think if uh, the Bills had gone on to win the Super Bowl with the Frank Reich comeback against Houston, then that might have been one of those standalone games where, but, you know, Buffalo went on and lost an, another Super Bowl. But other than that, you know, I mean, Elway. And the would, David Tyree game, too, Super Bowl 42. Let's not forget about that. I mean, that was a stunner of all stunners to hold that Patriots team yeah. to 14 points and pull off the throw, the catch, the win. That, that, that to me, I, time causes memories like that to fade. But, but that, that, was, that was one where you just say, I, I, can't, I cannot believe what I just saw. And also, the play that's one of the most important plays, biggest plays in NFL history was not the final play. It led to the touchdown to Plexico Burris. But a lot of times when we have these great moments, it's like, oh, it was an unbelievable run or unbelievable catch. You know, and the scramble by Eli, to me, is just as impressive because Mike Carey should have called in the grasp, it felt like. And he got away with it. The touchdown, it was like, did you guys forget the cover? (laughs) Well, and you got Ellis Hobbs, who's uh, Ellis Hobbit. And he's out there, he's, you know, 5'10 on 6'5", Plexico Burris. And, you know, Eli sees that, and it's like, oh, ball game. And, and let's not forget this. All apologies to Asante Samuel. He had oh, an interception in his hands yeah. that would have that would have prevented any of that stuff from happening. Yes, McLevin. Uh, what about Immaculate Reception or the other end of the Hail Mary? The uh, Viking, I think it was the Vikings lost to the Cowboys. Those are two pretty rough losses. That, those, are, those are huge. Immaculate. Uh, with the Steelers and the Raiders. Steelers didn't even get to the Super Bowl that year, though. And and that was weird because back in those days, you didn't get home field advantage based on your record. There was a weird rotation that they did. The undefeated Dolphins actually had to go to Pittsburgh the following week and play in Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl and did beat them. But there's this confusion over time that that was somehow a path to their Super Bowl win. It wasn't. It happened two years before the first time they ever even got to a Super Bowl. Great stuff as always. Mike, thanks for visiting, and we'll talk to you soon.
All right, thanks, Dan. That's Mike Florio. He is a co-host with Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live. You can see it on Peacock preceding our show. And uh, we'll come back. We got our play of the day right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God! The play, the play, is called play. of the day. Brother, left side, got it. Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Seven point lead. Shot clock at eight. Here's a pass inside from Middleton. He just throws it up to Giannis, who goes and gets it and does what he does best. Count the bucket and a foul. Giannis just muscles it in underneath as he kisses it in up close. Horton Tucker was no match. Courtesy of the Bucks Radio Network, 47 for the Greek Freak, his highest point total since dropping 50 in Game 6 of the Finals, the clincher against Phoenix. Uh, his first regular season game shooting better than 50% from three, 70% from the line since January of 2020. That is your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by... Well, you're a valued customer. You deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. And by the way, I know LeBron wasn't there, but the Bucks didn't play that well. All you have to do is sort of contain the Greek freak and let him go off for 47. You know, you didn't have great performances. Chris Middleton came back. He had missed eight games, but had 16 points. Milwaukee didn't look great other than the, the Greek freak. Update the poll results, McLovin. Is Mac Jones at the right place at the right time, or is he the best rookie quarterback? 59% said right place, right time. By the way, it looks like LeBron will be back on Friday night against the Celtics. I think there was... Maybe a possibility to play against the Bucs, but uh, seems like they've uh, circled the calendar for LeBron coming back against the Celtics. Yeah, Paul. There's a guy behind me doing a couple eye rolls about LeBron not playing against Giannis. What? For two days, I've, I've, I could actually hear Fritzy rolling his eyes. Oh. He wasn't available to play the defending champion Bucks, and all of a sudden he's better. They're saying he's 50-50. There's a good chance. There's a decent chance. Celtics obviously not quite the level of Giannis and the Bucks, and all of a sudden he's just going to kind of sneak back in tomorrow night. Nice. Okay. Just ease him back into things. You're accusing LeBron of avoiding the Milwaukee Or maybe Bucks. whoever helps make the decisions and the coaches in front office. Why don't, why don't we wait till the guess, Friday night game? I'm going to guess LeBron makes the decisions on LeBron. But he's also busy with his tonal workout, and you know maybe he pulled something in the, uh, in the, in the abs or something. He needed a couple extra days. I don't think uh, you're sounding really confident. You're backtracking a little bit there. I want to know how it could be 50-50 one day before the game. That's the latest report I saw. Literally a flip of a coin whether LeBron, LeBron's playing tomorrow night. Can it really be 50-50, like 30-plus hours before it, it, game If time? LeBron came on today and you answered the phone and you were setting him up for the interview, would you say, why didn't you play against Milwaukee? 
I probably wouldn't. Why I would leave that for you 50? to address. Oh, you'd wait for me <laughs> yeah. to ask. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking the time. We've been looking forward to having hey, you back on the show. Hey, Here's Dan. Yeah, you know, Dan's been saying, yeah, I don't know, 50-50. Why don't you play against the Bucs? What do you think about that? LeBron? And we were looking for your abs and the total spot. There's a lot of stuff we got to get to. Yeah, yeah, Paul. You're also leaving out. Fritzy would say all the best to the family. Happy holidays yes. to you and yours because it's almost late November. Yes, happy, happy pre-Thanksgiving, all of that. Yes, McLovin. The Bucs haven't even been good this year. The Celtics have been better than the Bucs. That take makes no sense this year. The Bucs have been losing, right? That was the storyline coming in. Yeah, but the Bucs aren't yelling at each other and saying, this one's shooting too much, work me in. There seems to be some chemistry issues that I don't see necessarily with the Bucs that the Celtics are having with Marcus Smart and their uh, who, two stars. Who is LeBron worried about on the Bucs guarding him? That's a very good question. Greek Freak's not guarding him. I still see the Bucs as a little bit better of a team. Yeah, they probably are, I guess. <laughs> They're the defending champs. Look at this hot taking saying the Bucs are better than the Celtics. 50-50, we'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, LeBron will be able to play. Thank you, Todd. All right. Are we, yes, McLovin. So we're trying to figure out how to make this a poll, but we have a Tier 1, Tier 2 NBA debate going Ooh, on. Okay. You know, the old Tier 1, Tier 2. Okay. Okay. How many how many players can single handedly lead their team to a championship, and who's in that tier one? Some single handedly. Well, you know, like uh, who's a like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Steph Curry's. Yeah, the surefire tier ones. Who else belongs in that tier? I don't know if Steph can single handedly do it because he had an unbelievable year last year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. They had play in games. Um. LeBron took a Cleveland team to the finals against San Antonio, and that team had no business playing for a championship. Greek Freak, you know, prior to last year, we were looking and wondering if he was able to carry a team. Durant wasn't able to get by Golden State with Russ. Even they had James Harden as his sixth man. Um, Last year, couldn't get by the Greek Freak. It's tough, you know. They, they, it's a, it's a smaller list than you think. Like, do I think Luca can? No, not yet. Embiid, no. Harden, no. AD, no. Kyrie, no. Paul George, no. Kawhi, I would actually put in there. I think he's when he's healthy and he gets into the playoffs. He's he's obviously a, a di- you know just a different player. You know, that's when he becomes comparable to LeBron. Not any other time because he's not healthy or doesn't care to play much during the regular season. But, yeah, it's not not many who can single-handedly. I would put Giannis in there because it feels like he single-handedly was winning that title for the Bucs. But he got great, great contributions from their role players. Yeah, McLeod. I hate to say it, with his age, is LeBron definitely in that, and his health and age? Maybe. If you put it this year. Maybe. Like I it, it's the respect I have for Brady that I would have for LeBron and just say, you know what? Maybe they got one more in him. Because it feels like every time you don't think they have one more in him, they do. Can LeBron do that when they get to the postseason? I believe so. But I believe that window is just about closed. Yeah, Paul. Maybe the reasoning for the top tier of the NBA, my reasoning would be players who are generally flawless on the court. They don't have any issues injuries that much, uh, anything, a weakness in their game. Durant, LeBron, Giannis, and uh, Steph Curry seem like that tier. Luka's a notch below on the court. Steph hasn't been a finals MVP. 
You know, so when you're single-handedly leading your team, you would think you would be MVP of the finals. Coming up, we'll talk to the Saints head coach and former quarterback Drew Bledsoe stops by as well. One more item as we close out Hour 1. Our friends from Stiefel here to help you if you've changed jobs or maybe thinking about retiring because they want to help you manage your investments. The Stiefel Wealth Tracker app. Download it. It's free. And what do you get? You get a personal balance sheet that you're able to build, track your net worth over time, securely link all your financial accounts using bank-level encryption, monitor how all your investments are performing in just one place. Stiefel Wealth Tracker also gives you direct access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research, investment strategy views, and more. And Stiefel's been doing this, managing your investments for over 130 years. When you need professional guidance, you can use Stiefel Wealth Tracker to connect with a Stiefel financial advisor, and you'll get the help you need. Best of all, Stiefel Wealth Tracker app, completely free. Download the Stiefel Wealth Tracker on the App Store, Google Play, or at stiefel.com slash tracker. That's S-T-I-F-E-L, stiefel.com slash tracker.